Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Rich Chanick from UCLA Medical Center. And today we're going to have a really interesting discussion on hot topics from the ESCERS guidelines. And I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Rajan Sagar, also from UCLA. Welcome, Raj. And Awana Preston, my good friend and colleague from Tufts University. Welcome, guys. So what we'll do is, is go through a few areas that I think we've identified as controversial or just changes in these recent guidelines that came out. Let's just start right into it with a hemodynamic definition. Now, we've all, you know, seen these changes for the hemodynamic definition. The big thing was the, re the recommended pressure was greater than 20 millimeters of mercury, but now the pulmonary vascular resistance cutoff for abnormal has dropped from three to two, which is a change from the World Symposium guidelines. That's a pretty substantial change. So now we're defining a patient as having pulmonary arterial hypertension with a PVR over two wood units. Do you, do you think that's a wise change or not? It is a hot topic indeed, because um, the change was based on studying the uh, former papers that looked at normal values. And indeed, a normal pulmonary vascular resistance is 80 dynes or one and three was the margin of error. And then if you look at more strictly two standard deviation, it brings you up to a PVR of two. However, these studies enrolled young population of healthy individuals. And as we're dealing with an aging population, many of them developing some element of diastolic disease, not even heart condition, but, but dysfunction, right? Then all the numbers are a little bit different compared to a younger 25, 30 year old. So I guess normal. I gotta jump in here. I, Do. You're suggesting that we're probably gonna be over-diagnosing pulmonary arterial hypertension. Fear. Raj, do you agree? Yeah, I think, uh, again, it's a, it's a hot topic, but I think that's exactly what we are at risk for is, is over-diagnosing the condition. But I think, I think, um, and I don't want to speak for the ERS and the ESC, but I think what they were sort of going at was like, look, you know, this is hemodynamically, this is where abnormality begins. Yeah. And they're leaving it up to the clinician to determine whether that would warrant uh, an actual therapeutic uh, intervention. Yeah. They also specify that there are no studies that suggest treatment in this, not, I shouldn't say gray area, but very mild uh, range, exactly. However, when you're in a busy clinical practice and you have a 78-year-old male with a systemic hypertension, diabetes, overweight, and they're short of breath, and they don't, you don't find quite, quite exactly the cause, and you do a right heart cath, and their PVR is 2.3, and a mean PA pressure is 22. Does that fit the phenotypic uh, 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 makeup of a PA age group one patient? No. Yeah, and I think that that's probably the message. It's not about cutoffs and definitions. In real life, we have to look at this in, 
it was a total package how we're phenotyping these patients. I think that's very important to put these guidelines in perspective. I want to change gears a little bit. Um, so that's the definition. Another big thing that's emerged is this risk assessment concept. And certainly in previous uh, guidelines and documents, the concept of risk assessment. One of the changes that, that this uh, set of guidelines did was include this so-called four strata model. Just tell us a little bit about where that came from and what you think about it. I think that the the original three strata model, which which I think was looked at by you know um, the French and the Europeans and the Swedes, uh, all came to the same conclusion that in fact you could have a low risk, an intermediate risk, and a high risk patient, all based on sort of one year mortality, if you will. But I think what was happening was not many patients were getting to low risk, and in addition to that, you know, good two thirds or seventy percent of the cohort were in this intermediate category, and because of that. Um, the idea was, well, could we actually add another strata um, and break up that intermediate risk into maybe two buckets, sort of so-called low intermediate risk and high intermediate risk, and, and would that actually allow us, would you still get some, some survival, uh, would it be able to predict survival in sort of a graded fashion, which in fact um, is the case. I think the uh, Compare Registry looked at this as well as the French Registry um, to actually show that you could have incremental, you, you could actually, over time, as you follow these patients, determine one's risk and actually add in this sort of, you know, breaking up that intermediate risk group into two, right. into two groups. Yeah, and, and that certainly makes sense. I mean, is the question, and this is pretty strongly recommended, at least in follow-up. I mean, I, I'll ask you, do, do you, I mean, there's other ways to do it as well. There's the reveal score where you can get, uh, a, you know, a numeric score. I mean, what do you use, let's say, in your practice? So I think each practitioner should use what they're more comfortable with, what their EMR system is uh, allowing them to use it easily in a busy practice because the specificity sensitivity, the power to detect the, the severity of the disease, they're all very similar. So whatever fits your practice, I would say, uh, you should use it to make sure that what you feel like a gestalt is backed by objective data. You know, I think the, f the four strata system is, is an evolution. I think there's, there's, I think folks are going to want to look into how to add in perhaps some type of measure of RV function or some type of echocardiographic finding, hemodynamics. Um, and then, you know, we've always, we all, we all see patients worried about the male patient with PAH. So gender plays an issue, their renal function plays an issue. Um, so I think to your point where we, you know, I think we're always going to be try to, trying to sort of improve that, that four strata system. And I think, I think there's going to be investigators from all of these other, from these registries particularly that are going to go back and sort of, you know, sort of try to add in and, and sort of improve what we have. Yeah, no, that's, that's there's certainly a couple of very hot topics um, of which there are many others we can cover in other sessions, but thank you very much. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.